Welcome back to Relish the Journey. I am your host, Miles Biggs, and I'm happy to have you here for another week of awesomeness. Like I said last week, we have a colorful guest today, and I kind of said tongue-in-cheek because one of Todd's many jobs is a hairstylist, so part of hair color, colorful, get it? All right, enough puns. <laughs> I am not that funny, and I know it. But what I want to say before we get into the original recording here is that after I was done with this interview, Todd paid me one of the greatest compliments I've ever received as an interviewer. And he said that I made him feel safe in this interview, that I created a safe space where he felt comfortable opening, opening up and being vulnerable and sharing a story, which, man, that's all I ever want when I talk to anybody, especially when I'm talking to somebody that gets as vulnerable as Todd. And what I love about that is I met Todd for the first time and talked to him literally like five minutes before we hit record on this interview. So to me, that made me proud that I could create that space in such a short amount of time with someone. But I think a lot of that goes to Todd as well. A lot of that credit goes to Todd. You know, he's the type of person that, you know, he allowed me to be that way as well. So Todd, compliment going right back to you. So before I get into this episode, just a heads up, I'm leaving the original intro here too. So typically I'm getting in, I'm doing a new intro, new preface, some behind the scenes, little tidbit like that, and then getting into an interview maybe you've already heard, but should still listen to again because I tell you, I've listened back to every single one of these and I've gotten something new out of it every time. So I hope you have too. But I just listened back to how I introduced it last time and I don't think I could do a better job. It was a really good summary and I want to refresh your mind on who Todd is and what we're about to talk about. So you'll hear the music, you'll hear my intro, you'll hear some music again, and then you'll hear Todd. And man, about half an hour, but so much in this half an hour. Gosh, listen to this episode. There's a reason why it is one of my personal favorites, and that's why you're hearing it again. So Todd, thank you, brother. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And here's the story. Our guest is Todd Kane, and Todd is a father, entrepreneur, author, army veteran, philanthropist, and a transformative performance strategist for the LGBTQIA community and its allies. So that's marketing line right from his website, but I'll give you my marketing line for this guy. Super powerful, thought-provoking individual. This conversation is only about a half an hour, and I could have gone for three to six hours with Todd. He's full of what I call in here truth bombs, and I decided not to edit this episode at all. So you can hear me sort of learning from Todd in this moment because there are some moments of silence where my wheels were just turning, and normally I would edit out some gaps of silence, but I'm leaving it in because I think it adds to the power of what Todd has to say. And he says it in here several times, but his story really is something that everyone can can relate to and should make an effort to relate to because creating an inclusive society and environment for everyone to show up as themselves and who they truly are is just going to make this world a better place. So buckle up and listen, and I hope you love this one. If you do, please tell me about it, and let's share it and get Todd's message out there. So all right, everyone, enjoy. Todd, thank you for joining me on the podcast. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks, Miles. Excited to be here. So what would you call yourself if you had to pick one 
uh, label as an identity because I'm on your website right now and it seems like there's a lot you could choose from. How, when people ask you that question, what do you do for a living? How do you respond? Um, I'm an amplifier. An amplifier? I believe I'm an amplifier. Okay. Yeah, I'm an amplifier. Um, I, I remember I was in hair school. I'm a hairstylist by trade and I was in hair school about 10, 10 years ago now. It's almost about a decade. And uh, the lady who ran the school was a friend of mine. Uh, Jill and she said, um, you know, have you ever thought about what your purpose is in life? And I was like, and I was already 43 years old. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and she said, well, mine is, um, my, my purpose in life is to make you a better version of yourself. And I was like, oh, I want that one. <laughs> you know, that, yeah. that was like a really good one. <laughs> and and then I thought about it for a while. You know, I never really thought about what my purpose is in life. I've kind of been going uh, about life, just kind of finding my way versus navigating and, uh, and then I started thinking about how I like to show up and how all the times I've had great success in my life, it's been a part of something larger than myself. And so I started to articulate that. And I thought, I'm an amplifier. I, I, I make things brighter and bigger and more fun and more exciting and more interesting and, and um, richer and deeper and, and more satisfying. And on the side note, I can make things more crazy or volatile or whatever. I, I started to realize that that when I use my energy with intention, I can really make a difference in the world. And so Amplifier came into my mind and that's kind of how I see myself. Yeah, I like that. I really like that sent that sort of one-liner you had in there about um, navigating your life versus just sort of letting it lead you in a direction. I think that's a really powerful uh, dichotomy there, right? Of It's very easy yeah. to draw that line, <clears throat> but it's not often that we realize that we're being sort of pulled along versus navigating ourselves uh, that's a great point exactly and and you know we were, we were talking a little bit earlier about about my book um hide and seek there's no truth in fear and i part of that whole journey with me part of that whole experience was realizing that i was not navigating my life i i was kind of finding my way and i was actually being led and being influenced by experiences and choices and and thoughts and and, and ideas that i uh, had learned over time and and you know, until you really start to navigate your life really with intention, taking accountability and responsibility for your actions, you're really not living it. And, and then really don't even unleash your potential. You're just kind of bumping into things and, and, and being reactionary. And how do you set a course? How do you make a difference? How do you, how do you direct or drive your life if you're not in command of it? And so that's where that comes from. Yeah. And so you said you're a hairstylist, you know, sort of by day and then, uh, by night, what your website says here is that your transformative life and performance strategies, you offer these, for the LGBTQIA plus community and allies. So yeah. first, I'm curious, I've only ever heard it stop at T or LGBTQ, <laughs> right? What's the the IA? I'm not knowing what some of those uh, letters are for there. Can you, uh, can you uh, describe that for me? intersexual and and uh, queer um there okay. are a lot of a lot of people um identity is important to us yeah um and when you hide it for a very long time um or when you don't think you have one uh, pretty soon it becomes important and i think the the gay community as a whole has really come a long way into accepting who they are acknowledging who they are and wanting to be acknowledged and and while, you know, we've, we've kind of got a lot of letters out there, I think it's important uh, until we settle into uh, to whether it's what you want to call it normative or whatever. Um, it's good to be able to help define ourselves and our place in the world. And, um, you know, they can run those letters out as far as they want. I mean, we all have our isms. We all have our, 
our definitions of who we are. It's just, it's interesting when you start looking at a specific um, area of our culture, uh, anything non-heterosexual really uh, is different, right? Um, and so it's kind of part of the whole movement, the part of the whole identity thing. The, the idea is, is that we are here and, um, and until it settles down, I think it's important that we, we work through these issues as a culture, an entire culture, as a, as a human species, you know, yeah. um, there's a lot of difference. And I think variance is important. It's actually critical for evolution um, in a world that's, that's kind of troubled by difference. In fact, angered by it and feared by it. Um, we need to embrace it and realize that it's just really a part of our evolution as a species. Um, and we'll get there. Yeah, and we might have to add a couple more letters to that, <laughs> and <laughs> sure. maybe even and, and maybe even in in, uh, in different uh, sexual orientations too. So, but, but that's that's where that's at. So, as a transformative um, life coach and uh, uh, performance strategist, the bottom line is I, I I like to take people from where they're at and, and move them towards the best version of themselves to to really identify themselves as 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 an individual. Um, my website is I am Top Game, which is probably the two most powerful words in the English language or any language for that matter. Uh, it really is an ownership of who you are. And it also implies or states that you've done the work that you, that this is the person I am. These are the choices that I've made. And when I, I'm not saying I'm not this, or I'm not that, or I can, or I will, or I might, or I do, I've moved all the way to the point where I am. Um, I am a gay man. I was married for, uh, 18 years. I have two amazing children. My ex-wife is a great friend of mine. Uh, I still do her hair. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, uh, I was, um, in the military for over a decade, a veteran. And, uh, then I ran an international manufacturing company. Um, I have a master's degree. I've done uh, insurance sales and training. I've, I've been a trainer pretty much all my life and a leader all my life. And then I get into hairstyling and then moved into uh, doing a platform artist. Everything I've done, I've kind of just wanted to be the best at. I've, uh, and to kind of go back to the book, when I was younger, you know, I heard words that made me feel less than. I think all of us do in, in, at times. And that's hence the metaphor of hide and seek. And when we hear those things that make us feel less than or different, we tend to hide those portions of ourself or, uh, and even in some ways, our entire self. We hide in our work and our associations, our affiliations and our marriages and our schools and our whatever it is. Um, and then through our titles and and, and our clothes, you name it. And sometimes we go as far as to hide in dark places. Well, we're always still trying to seek answers. And guess what you find when you seek answers in dark places? You find dark things at times. So um, hide and seek is, is a journey. It's, uh, it's one person's uh, experience, um, having heard words uh, and made you feel a certain way and chose to feel a certain way, um, and then hid. But I survived. I'm not only did I survive, but I ended up thriving through it. Um, that's the story. And the tagline is there's no truth in fear. You know, when it was all said and done and I finished the book, um, I looked back on my life all the way through. And I wrote this through the book as I did it, um, that there was no truth in that fear. My parents didn't reject me. My lovers didn't reject me. My friends didn't reject me. Uh, I did. I did because I was afraid. I was afraid that I would be less than, that I wouldn't be enough. And um, it wasn't true. That's never been true. I've always been enough. Um, and it's really a book for anybody. It's, it's, it is, uh, <laughs> there's no victim in it. I'm really proud of that. Um, the book is, 
it relates to pretty much everyone. And if you look at the reviews on Amazon, and you can find it at iamtopkane.com forward slash book, um, there's a lot of reviews in there and there's uh, a synopsis of the book. And uh, yeah, you'll find something in it. There's something for everyone because in the end, we're all human beings. Yeah, it's awesome. That's a super powerful story. And I appreciate you sharing that. And one thing that connected with me two different times in what you just said there was how you described what all the different letters mean in uh, in the acronym there. And I, I never really thought of it as identity and why that's important then to not just have an overarching label, like, right? Like you, you said it, not in a, a negative way, but some people will say it in a negative way, like he's gay, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like a label that you're putting on it, but where the yeah. gay community has all those different identities within it. And it is important to get specific then because you don't want to just label somebody because you don't have a better word for it, right? That's going to make them feel less than to your point about what's going on in the book. So I feel like yeah. I, I learned something there about like just kind of pee at the brain. Oh, like, yeah, that makes sense now. I never really knew why there were all those different words, but now hearing you share your story and, and your take on it, that makes total sense. And, you know, and I, and I grew up uh, heteronormative. I, I, I grew up. Um, and, and, you know, there was a time when I thought, I thought I was bisexual. I mean, I do have the ability and then have that ability to, to love a woman and love a woman in that way. Uh, and there are many types of love. And I, and I do understand the importance now, particularly of, of, of stating who you are and understanding who you are and knowing that who you are fits somewhere. You know, we take a lot for granted, uh, many of us, because what we do really is is if you want to just do the quote in the norm, right? It's, it's not, it's not exceptional in many ways. It's not outside of what we're used to. And, and so we move through our life without any of those things that most other people will bump into, you know, but when you look at a person who is gay or, or, uh, or a lesbian or a transsexual, or whatever, you, know, you can also have a, a, a black gay person, you know, and a Latina gay person. You can have a, a, a Latino Jewish person. And you, so you, the layers of all these things, I mean, before you know it, there's a tag on everybody, you know, and, and I think we're all a mix of so many different things. Um, but when you have been denied that, or when you feel like it has been not denied, your identity has been denied, or you haven't even had the opportunity to be in a community that will allow you to define yourself so that you can say, I am, then it's very important. And I think it will remain important as long as we marginalize people, as long as we take things for granted, and as long as we just try to brush things off that are important to each other. Um, this is going to be important. Would I love it if we were in a world with no labels? But would I love it if we were all just human beings? Yes. You know, and we are, and I think we'll get there. But as long as we segregate and we separate and we, we stratify and we tag and label and whatever and this and that, whether it's for marketing or for political purposes or just because, you know, we want our neighbor to look a certain way. This is where we're going to be. And when you try to keep someone from using their voice or have an identity, they will scream out. So it'd be a little noisy for a while. And guess what? That's okay because at some point we're all going to be different. At some point we're all going to be on the outside. Yeah, well, to me, what I'm thinking of is the, the whole theory of the long tail. Are you familiar with that? No. So you can apply that to a lot of things. My day job is in uh, marketing. And so you'll hear people talk about it with search terms. So you'll hear the phrase Mm -hmm. long tail keywords. So you could search for something like, um, I don't know, the iPhone. 
in Google. And so iPhone would be at the head of the long tail. That's going to be the most generic. Most people will just type iPhone, but they're not, you're not getting very specific. There's not much intent behind there. But then someone might search a phrase, where can I buy an iPhone that's the color red in the zip code 12345, <laughs> right? That's a very specific mm-hmm. set of keywords, and that would be in the long tail. And there's a whole graph if you Google it. You'll see the visual representation. But people, the, the whole theory is you shouldn't ignore the long tail because when you add up all the different smaller searches, it adds up to more than the, the main head search. So yeah. at some point, to your point about we could add a lot of letters on there, at some point um, being heterosexual is going to be not the norm, right? It's going to be people are going to have some sort of a, um, an, an identifier, I guess you could call it, right, about how they show up, what their IM is. That won't just fit into that neat little box of, you know, heterosexuality. Well, and that's and that's the irony of it. There already is. I'm heterosexual. I'm divorced twice. I'm divorced to a woman. I, I was in an interracial marriage. I have two kids. I have one stepchild. Um, I, I have a, I'm a military spouse. They're all there. They're all they're all there. But most of those things, like divorce, doesn't hold any any negative thing anymore. Not really. I mean, I'm, I'm sure if you go into certain groups, it, it does, but there are some identifiers that still hold stigma and yeah, that's where we run into the, the challenges. Sure. But you know, one of the things about, about this, about the long tail is, um, you know, as I coach, um, it's interesting. It doesn't take very long to get past the long tail. You know, when we talk about um, when we start to identify, one of the first things that I talk about is, is, is my, my whole theory, my, my whole experience to come to the point where I am to obtain um, and through that book. And, um, and it's easy to follow. So when I reference these things of the things I heard and what I, what I assumed and what, what I was made to feel or, or even I shouldn't say made to feel. I make all the choices. But there, there are certain things that, that influence my choices, which I own all of them. And I go back and, and – and once I got to the point where this is who I am and I was okay with who I am, um, my whole world opened up. And then all of a sudden I, I had, was able to drop that whole bag of identifiers, right, and, and absorb them into me. It wasn't a tag or a name tag or a patch or, or a ribbon around me anymore. It was actually a part of who I was. But I had to identify those. I had to take the time to articulate that this is what I am. This is who I am. And then, and this is who I want to be. So when I go through the coaching, a lot of people think, well, we just walk around with chips on our shoulders. No, it is the self-actualization process for every human being. Who am I? Who am I? And what do I represent? And what matters to me? Because that's, that's how we move forward. And I don't think, particularly in this world, whether you're heterosexual or gay or lesbian or transgender or questioning or intersexual, whatever it is, until you've taken that moment, until you've taken that time to set a baseline of this is who I am, where are you going to go? You have, you have magazines tell you this thing. You have Facebook tell you another thing. Instagram tells you that, this, that, that, this movie, whatever, politics. I mean, we are fed too much stuff. We, we need to have a baseline of who we are. And then, and then take these things, you know, examine how we feel and put them into thoughts and, and then let them incorporate into who we are. Right now, we're really just a... I don't know. It almost feels like a, a Velcro strip that people just keep throwing stuff on. Yeah, that's a that great. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. It's a great visual. It's almost like instead of putting the world through the filter of you know I am Miles Biggs, right? And I filter the world through who I know I am. You know, we're what's on the other side of the filter <laughs> after the world tells us, yes. right? 
Um, yes. That's the visual I had, not quite Velcro, but I get that too. All the stuff getting hurled at us and it's almost mm-hmm. like you can't help but stick, right? Um, so what was that yeah, moment? We're being, we're being, yeah. we're being defined. Yeah. We're being defined. Are we being defined or have you defined yourself? Are you determining who you are? Are you, are you evolving? Are you navigating your life? Or are you just kind of finding your way? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So what was that moment for you, that, that crystallization of I am Todd Kane? I'm sure you can remember the first time you felt that sense of just surety, right? What was that? Yeah. What, describe that for us. How did it come to be? Well, there's two parts, and, and it explained in great detail in the book. And um, first, when I realized that I wasn't talking, that I didn't know really who I was, I had allowed myself to, well, let's just put it this way. It's, it's just a quote from the book. When you try to be all things to all people, you end up being nobody to yourself. And when you're, when you're looking to, to please and to be loved and to be desired and to, you know, uh, to be accepted, you do it in ways that aren't necessarily best for you. You're really kind of pleasing other people. And when the end of my second marriage to a man, my second marriage to, to a man ended, it was on its way out anyway. It's a big, big part of the book and kind of the catalyst for the whole thing. I, I realized that I had run out of places to hide and people to blame. And I, and I just had it. It was my 50th birthday. <laughs> it was two years ago, almost two years ago, exactly. And I realized that I, I, I needed to define who I was. I needed to, one, not only that, I needed to love myself. And so this whole process of, 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 of taking charge, of accepting, acknowledging, and making choices uh, that were the best for me, um, the book was a part of that. Um, and actually, when I started writing the book, I went to a writer's retreat, and I, and I started writing it, and I, it was almost done. I came home, I had a baby. Maybe a couple months, I thought, to finish it because it came out of me very quickly. And then uh, I had a conversation with one of my brothers who shared something with me when I was younger that happened that I didn't know about. And it changed everything. It, it identified something that has influenced the choices I've made throughout my entire life. And I had to go back and not rewrite the book, but actually weave in the truth. And that's the beauty of it. You're actually, it's a kind of double-layered story. Uh, but I think it's one that most people can relate to. In fact, all of us can. When you when you go through life with the notion of one thing and you're operating on some falsehoods or some fears or some things that aren't true, that moment when you realize, wow, okay, uh, it's it this is the truth, was life changing, and it it just added to the magnificence of this whole experience. I, I it's a gift and. It, uh, you know, to have an experience like that, that brings you through for both of us, actually, the marriage was over. And then the moment where I realized that I, that I am Todd Kane also happened. And it was actually in my salon. Uh, one of my guests came in and I tell the story and a very profound and life-changing event happened right here. In fact, I'm sitting uh, one feet away from the spot that it happened in my salon right now. <laughs> I just finished my client before, before we started talking. <laughs> nice. So, uh, <clears throat> but um, yeah. And then I realized, wow, okay. I wasn't who I thought I was. I, 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 I know and I accept and I acknowledge all the choices I made. And no matter what they were or how they affected it, it got me to this point, which was all divine in the first place, to be able to share this book and to share these experiences um, and to come out on the other side stronger, better, more complete um, is a gift. And 
yeah, that's that. Those are the two moments. One when I realized I wasn't, and the moment that I realized that I am I came. Yeah, I love that. I feel like this whole conversation we've been talking about just straight up dichotomies, right? Like mm-hmm. you're navigating yeah. or you're just fumbling along or you are or you aren't. And I think that's so true. It's sometimes in order to know who you are, you have to know who you're not, to your point. And it can be crappy to go through that and all the the baggage that can come with sort of finding the opposite. But yeah. once once you find the the you, right? And you can have that I am statement, then you realize and I think have a whole new appreciation for for all that stuff. I know well, I've had moments like that too, where I, you kind of hit that wall where you're like, what am I doing? I don't even want to be doing this anymore. This is not me. And then it forces you to say, okay, well then who am I? And those are yeah. powerful moments. And it's a tough question, you know, because sometimes you'll just say it because you, because it seems like the right thing to say, like the strong thing to say, but do you really have the courage to answer it? And do you have, do you have the courage uh, to find the answers. And, and it's funny that you said find. Um, the first book is Hide and Seek. The second book that I'm about halfway through is, is called Find. And it actually is based on the method that I use um, when I coach. It's, it's, it's a defined method. And it's, it's about um, the way we make choices, which is uh, we either, in my mind, we either choose in a, in a mindset of faith or a mindset of fear. Uh, the second part, the that's the F, the I is, is, we can't really do what we need to do. We can't live our fullest and our best self unless we have integrity. That's always operating in integrity. And then, and then they go into end. It's about navigating, right? Not, not just bouncing around, but actually with intention uh, and with accountability and responsibility. So navigating. And then finally, you come down to decisions and doing. It's about doing the things that you've already set up. And a lot of people are afraid to make choices in this world. They, they, they don't know what to do. But when, after you work through the, the FIND, you're just so excited to do it's it's crazy because you've done the work so that's fine and that's the method i coach with i like that that sort of answers a question i was just about to ask you but i'm going to ask it anyway with a little bit different uh switch to it i think so i was going to just ask what piece of advice you'd have to people that are going about trying to find their i am moment and it seems like using the find framework is there but what you made me think of when you said that is before you can get to the first F, you've got to be ready and willing to go through the find framework, right? Which can be a whole battle unto itself. So what would you yeah. say, not to the people that are listening to this that are saying, yes, I want to I want to go find that I am moment, but the people that are listening to this and saying, this guy's full of crap. He doesn't know what he's talking about. This doesn't apply to me <laughs> when we all know it does. Right. What yeah. do you what do you say to those people that are sort of in denial? Well, your denial is based on fear, and I, and I think we are in a fear driven society. It's, uh, fear is a very powerful thing, uh, and that's why I start with faith and fear. You're either going to focus on what's not the negative, uh, what can can't be, what's not going to, or you're going to focus on what will and what can be. Um, and what's funny, faith and fear live in the same place. It's 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 a belief in something that is not provable that has not happened yet. You, whether you go down one path or the other, you're, you're choosing. Life is about choices. You make a choice. You evaluate how it affected yourself and others. You can't change it. You can make adjustments. So you make the next best choice and you move on. And it really is about faith and fear. And you know, you, you and I were speaking about this in the beginning, just before we started, about how we really are in a, a culture of fear. There's, there's so many things to be afraid of, and it's, it's just kind of run amok. You know, who do you trust? What do you do? And in the end, you have to have something to believe in. 
what do you, what do you have a faith in? And some people say, well, you know, I, I'm not religious or I'm not this, or I'm not that. It's not about what you're not. That's more fear. What are you? Do you have faith in yourself? Do you have faith in your family? Do you have faith in a God? Do you have faith? Are you spiritual? Whatever it is, you have to find something that gets you through when you don't have trust. Because you're not going to get the facts. Trust is a knowing thing. You don't say, I have faith. My brother's going to pick me up tomorrow morning because he picked me up yesterday. That's trust. That's based on something that's happened before. It's the unknown, the things that you're unsure of. And the world is full of it and will always be full of it. So you have to find your faith. You have to find your balance. And when you have that, everything else falls into place. Hmm. I never contemplated that difference before of faith and trust, but I really like that. that. That makes a lot of sense. You're full of these little truth bombs here tonight, Todd. This is this is well. Good. It, it took me a long time. I'm telling <laughs> you that 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 book was. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of truth in it, and um, and there's a lot of your truth in it. I wrote it in a way. I'm not. I don't. I don't dig into stuff. It's very quick. I make my point. And I'm, I'm a military guy. Look, if it's more than three or four steps, I'm gonna get lost. So, so for me, I come in. I come in. I make my point. And I share it in a way, and then I give you my revelation, and I move on. And I, I talk everything from about uh, about manipulation to to fear to to faith to to you name it. It's in there, and it's, it's it just came out of me chronologically because to to take it from from age five to fifty is where this book takes you. And I don't leave anything out. There's I don't leave anything out. There's there's no false in it, and there's no there's no there's no victim. What's the point? I just share with you what I learned. I share with you what was what was brought to the surface for me. You know, we all have purpose in our life. And if I'm going to amplify something, I'm going to amplify the fact that there's no truth in fear. Fear is, for me, is something that you're either unwilling or incapable of doing. And you just find something to be afraid of. You, you create something. But in the end of the day, am I really afraid uh, uh, that the economy is going to fail? Or am I afraid that I'm going to have to get clever and, and, and let go of some things and, and redesign my life to survive and to do different things to succeed. Is it really the discomfort or is it the fear? I know you can follow that down a rabbit hole if you want, but yeah, at the end of the day, could. it's really, it's re- it's really something that you're either incapable of doing or unwilling to do. Yeah. There's fear. You, 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 like the antelope goes to the water hole. She's a crocodile. Take his buddy. I'm afraid, but that doesn't mean every time you go to the water hole, it's going to be there. You got to drink buddy. We got to live. You can do it in faith or fear. <laughs> sure. I love that. If you had to, if you had to describe basically this whole conversation, because this whole conversation has gone through your, your journey. And I know the book goes from five to 50, but if you had to narrow all that down to just three words, what three words would you just use to describe this journey you've been on? I am enough. Yeah, if it was I am Todd Can, I would have to give you four, right? <laughs> yeah, I am enough, so and that's enough. that's really what I I had to come to, I had to come to that belief because I I didn't, and I think that's where we fall short. Somehow, we're led to believe, or we make choices that that make us feel less than, that we're not enough, and and that creates so many things: more of this, more of that, excess this, excess that, find this, that, substitute that. You know, we're all perfectly and wonderfully made, you know, and we're all exactly where we're supposed to be right now. It's, we're just right. We're, we're right standing right at our next best choice. And, and I felt for the longest time in my life that I wasn't enough. I've always been enough. I am enough and I always will be. There it is. I love that. That's a great, 
place to just put a pin in it. I can't say it any better than that. So you mentioned a little bit throughout the interview, but if people have really enjoyed what you've had to say, like I have, and they want to come and learn more about you, where should we send them on the internet? Where can they find you? I am, I am toddkane.com and uh, the, the book is there. The, there's, a, there's a portion there about me. It's really all about what I've been doing lately. Um, and what I've done over my life, um, I just want to make a difference. There's there's opportunities to share with people and uh, and to amplify their life in a positive way. Um, and the book is a great place to start. It was where I started. Um, and yeah, it's it's right there for you. And there's something in it for everyone. I hope you I hope you read it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we will send people there. Appreciate your time <laughs> and the interview. Thank this you so much. Been, I had a great. Been I had a, it's been awesome. I had a great time chatting with you. Yeah. Likewise. So there you have it. That is quite a journey, if I do say so myself. And I appreciate Todd for sharing it. And again, for paying me that compliment. After this interview saying I created a safe space that allowed him to share what he did, makes me proud because that space allowed him to share those nuggets of wisdom that y'all can benefit from now and that I can benefit from whenever I want to listen to this again, which is awesome. So if you know someone out there that needs to hear what Todd has to say, please, please, please share this podcast with them. Please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating. I love you forever. And I will be back here like I have been every single week for the past three years. I'll be back again next week with another episode of Relish the Journey because that's what it's all about. I'm relishing the journey. Hope you are too. Until next time, I'm your host, Miles Biggs. Cheers. Cheers.